Another year is upon us. 362 days left, I guess. How many days till Christmas? <laughs> anyway, I was reading this verse over and over again, and I decided to um, write a sermon, write a message out. God spoke to my heart about an expected end. So in Jeremiah chapter 29, I'm going to start in verse 10, just read around it. Uh, 10, 11, 12, Jeremiah 29, and in verse 10 it says, For thus saith the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. What jumped out at me there was the fact that here God is speaking through Jeremiah to really a captive nation. They're in Babylon, and he's sending out the word that God says, I have thoughts, my thoughts towards you are of peace and not of evil. I have an expected end for you. And I thought if he can do that with an entire nation... He can certainly do it with me. He can have an expected end for my life this year in 2016. You know, this year could be uh, the most fruitful uh, of your Christian life. This could be the best year of your Christian life. Life is is full of choices. And uh, you're going to make a whole lot of choices this year. But it doesn't have to be like Forrest Gump. I thought of Forrest Gump when he sat there with that box of chocolates. And he said, (laughs) his mother told him, Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. (laughs) Well, you know what? For the Christian, it doesn't have to be that way. We can know what's ahead for us. For at least if it's committed into the hands of God, then it's an expected end that God wants for our life. It doesn't have to be haphazard. But it really has to do a lot with us, you see. You can know that your end, the results, are in the hands of God to give you an expected end. God wants the best for us. A sure hope for our future. And set a course. We should set our course on God's heading. Where he wants us to be at the end of 2016. Expectations. It's okay to expect a certain result from something. It's okay to anticipate or wait on something to come out just the way you think it's going to happen. Because of the course that you've set to follow that something's going to happen at the end of it. We all have expectations. But only, those expectations are good only as long as the course is in obedience and yielding to God's will and His way and God's timing on everything. That's when the expectations become fruitful for God's glory. At every point in our Christian lives, we must decide from whom and where we're going to get the information that we're going to use to make the decisions in our Christian life. An expected end begins with a yielded obedience Toward God in the Bible. You can make good, wise, and informed decisions. And you can leave the results with God. This year, you can get into your Bible. You can see what God has to say. You can listen for His voice and obey and yield to what God says in His Word. And you can have an expected end. You can be at the end of that year wherever God wants you to be. You can know exactly what to do. You know, Hanis may be good at taking engines apart, and I'm not. But if I had a manual for taking an engine apart, and I followed it to the letter, 
and then put all the, all the pieces back into the engine, when I turn the key, I expect that to start because I followed the manual. I followed the guidelines. And I expect an end. An expected end is that that, that engine's going to start. If you follow God this year, if you yield to Him and obey Him, there's an expected end in your life. You can look forward to being in the will of God and having the fruit in your life will be from God. It will be what God wants to happen in your life. It's expected. The Bible is a manual of how to live this life. How to make good decisions. God's will to be like Jesus. In Romans 8, 29, it says, God's whole purpose for us is to be conformed to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. So that's God's expected end for us. Whenever we leave this, this earth, God wants us while we're down here to be conformed to the image of His Son. That's His purpose for us. And Romans 12, 2 tells us that we can know the will of God. And we don't have to be conformed to this world, but we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That we may be able to prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. We have a Bible, a manual that tells us. The problem's not with the manual. The problem's not with the author. The problem's not with the teachings. The, promise, the problem is with unyielded Christians. The problem's with us. Not wanting to yield and obey. And we find ourselves like rebellious children. Not listening. And we're more in need of chastisement. To be brought back where God wants us to be. Yield. Yield your will to His will. And then obey His commands. Because like someone said, this is not a book of suggestions. And it is not a book of good advice. It's a book of commands. This is how to live your Christian life. Every word of God. Almost a million words there that teach us how to, how to walk with God. God's way is always best, isn't it? No matter how good we think we've got it all figured out, God's way is always best. Turn to Psalm chapter 1. Psalm 1. Psalm 1, the Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I think that's an expected end. Because the first word in Psalm 1 is blessed. I can be a blessed man. It doesn't mean I'm not going to have some problems and trials and go through some things. But I can be a blessed man. If I don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, I don't sit in the seat of sinners, and I don't, or I don't stand in the way of sinners, and I don't sit in the seat of the scornful. I can be blessed. I can have an expected end. My delight should be in the law of the Lord. And that's what should be on my heart and in my mind and what I meditate on day and night to help me get to that expected end. The Bible tells us right here that I could be like a tree planted in the desert. No. Planted by the rivers of living water. 
And I can get all the nourishment that I need from the Holy Spirit of God, teaching me the right way to go this year in 2016. Then I can have, my fruit will be there in His season. I'll have fruit in my life. Maybe I'll see a soul saved. Maybe I'll be able to help somebody along the way. I don't know, but whatever it is, I just want to do it God's way. I want to be a blessed man. It also says, His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever He doeth shall prosper. You begin to compromise on Bible truth. Pretty soon you're going to be fulfilling the lust of your flesh. You're going to be standing in the way of sinners. And it won't be long before you'll be mocking God and scorning Him and boasting against Him that you can do it your way. Because that's exactly what that says if you turn it the other way around. That's what's going to happen to the Christian that wants to walk away from this book and not obey and yield to it. You'll have an expected end, but it won't be what God has for you. God's counsel is right there in this book, and we need to follow it this year. The question really is, which way will you go? What will you do? I mean, this will be over in a half hour or so, and then you can just forget all about it and go home and do what you want. Or you can have an expected end. God has thoughts of peace toward you, just like He has for Israel. He has a way that He wants you to go this year for an expected end, a perfect will for your life. We're going to just take a peek at Jeremiah chapter 18. A quick trip to the potter's house. So if you turn over to Jeremiah chapter 18. Jeremiah chapter 18. Obeying and yielding. We find that so hard to do. I find it hard to, that hard to do when I'm driving a car in New Jersey. I find it hard to yield. <laughs> I mean, you've got to fly along at 70 miles an hour and not give anybody any space at all, man. You've got to just hold your line, stay in your lane, or die. You know? Just no yielding. When I came to Ireland, I was blown away that people went, good. Man, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not used to this. Courtesy. We need to yield to God. Jeremiah chapter 18 says this, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel which he, that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in, the, in mine hand, O house of Israel. Again, we see that God has an expected end. You know, when God speaks, we ought to pay attention. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, When God speaks to us, we ought to pay attention to what he says. You know, I'll get ahead of myself, but God has never spoken an idle word. Can you imagine all the idle words that we speak every day? The idle words that I may even say up here that really are not what God wanted me to say. And maybe He wants me to say something else. But God has never said a word that wasn't exactly the perfect and pure word of God that we needed to hear. That's amazing to me. Because we babble on about a whole lot of things. There used to be a commercial on about a... An, a a financial accountant, at least in the States when I was younger, and his name was E.F. Hutton. 
I don't know if you ever heard of that. E.F. Hutton. And the commercial used to have a bunch of people around doing their jobs or at the computers. And then it, the, the guy off camera would say, when E.F. Hutton speaks, they would all go, you know. When E.F. Hutton speaks, everybody listens because he knows what to do with your money. <laughs> you know, he's a financial advisor that you want to listen to. When God speaks, we ought to listen. And God's telling Jeremiah, the word of the Lord's coming to you, and I want you to listen. Every word of God is pure, Proverbs 30, verse 5 says, and a shield unto them to trust them. It's pure. And it's powerful. Every word of God is powerful. You know, as far as we can tell, the first time God spoke in the Bible, what did He do? He created the universe. He made the the greater light and the lesser light, and then He made the stars just by speaking it into existence. I think His Word is powerful. When He says something, we ought to listen. There's power and wisdom and authority in every word that God speaks. As I said, He's never spoken an idle word. Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do, obey, do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. That's a time word. Then you do this. Then God does this. You do this. Then God does this. Now, I know one thing. If I do my part, you can be assured God's going to do His part. He's never let anybody down. He's always faithful. We're the ones that let Him down. We're the ones that decide to go our own way. I just want to be more obedient and yielded this year to God. I really want an expected end. I have a lot of expectations, but I want them to be His. I want His expectations in my life. I guess is really what I'm saying. But that this Joshua, when, when God speaks here, he, He's saying it's an expected end. Don't let this book depart from your mouth. Keep it down deep in your heart. It's obvious God blesses yieldedness and obedience. That's obvious all through the Bible. We ought to look for ways to obey Him, not to disobey Him. We're good at that. Let's look for ways to obey Him this year. Obey and do it speedily. Verse 2 says, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. We just need to simply obey Him. God said, Arise. Get up, Jeremiah. Let's go. Don't wait. When you know God's telling you to do something, when you read something in His Word, don't wait to obey Him. God says, arise and get up. Respond to God's voice. Go and do what He tells you to do. Go where He tells you to go. Young people ought to be attentive to that. God may be speaking to your heart about preaching or going to the mission field. We're just doing something in your Christian life. You've got 50 years left, man, or more to serve God. I wish I was saved at 18 years old, but I wasn't. Half my life was gone. They say middle age is 50. It's 35. <laughs> you know what I mean? Who, who lives to 100? You've got 70 years, maybe. So 35 was my middle age. I got saved. Hey, when God tells you to do something, why don't you just do it? And you'll have an expected end. He says, he says, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Obey me. 
in what I'm telling you to do, and you'll hear more from me. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Then you'll hear my words. Study. And when he tells you to do something, do it. And God will speak to you. Be ready to hear from God. Because he only speaks to us through his, his word. Every day with this book. Every day with the Bible. As I said to somebody on Wednesday night, you may have five children. You're going to have to get up early or stay up later. That's all I can tell you. I'm not going to give you an excuse not to read your Bible. You had five kids. Get up early or stay up later. But this is more important. Right here. Your time with this book. Psalm 138 says God holds his word above his own name. He magnifies it above his own name. Where should we hold it in our life? If God says, I hold it up here. I honor my word and magnify it before you. Above my name. Where should we put it? The Holy Spirit only leads us according to the word of God. So if you're looking to find out what am I going to do this year for God, read the Bible. You'll find out. God will speak to you. You really do hear a voice down deep in your heart, don't you, brother? You really do hear God speaking to you, and you, and you wonder, is that from God? And you say, I've just read that. Or, or God leads you in the Scripture somewhere, and something jumps off the page that never did before, and you go, God's speaking to my heart about that. You'll know that if you're sensitive, and you're in your Bible, and you're yielded and ready to obey Him. This book is the guide to an expected end. Verse 3 says, Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. What did Jeremiah do? He obeyed. <laughs> we shouldn't make light of that, because we so often disobey. We so often go our own way and do what we want to do. We ought to just do the same. It says, Then I went down to the potter's house. I did what God told me to do. You know, good intentions are not in be- obedience. Just because you have good intentions, they're not obedience. Hold your place here and just go to 1 Samuel 15. 1 Samuel 15. You know the story that Saul was told by Samuel to destroy the Amalekites thoroughly, utterly, every single one of them. Take them out, kill kill every, every person and the animals, everything. And that Samuel, uh, Saul, and the people held on to Agag, I believe was a king, and they didn't kill him. And then Saul kept some of the some of the, uh, the animals back for sacrifices. He may have had good intentions, I don't know. But I know one thing, it wasn't what God told him to do. And good intentions aren't obedience. And in verse 15, and verse 22, it says, And Samuel said, Hath the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion, and that's what God says it is, it's rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Wow. Saul lost his kingdom. Because he may have had good intentions, but he wanted to do it his way and not God's way. I just want to do it God's way this year. I do some things that are my way, and I I want to have God's expected end. What his way got him was not an expected end. Saul did not expect to lose the kingdom. He thought he was doing what he wanted to do, but I'll tell you what, all the service and sacrifice in the world is not better than obeying God. 
You can do all the service and sacrifice you want, but if it's not what God told you to do, it's all for nothing. Now that sounds harsh, doesn't it? You mean God isn't going to accept what I've done for Him in the Sunday school? He told you to do something else. And maybe you did it your way. And you didn't do it God's way. I'm just talking about being sensitive to what God's told you to do. And do it God's way. Good intentions. You may have good intentions, but that's not obedience to God. We can watch like Jeremiah too, as the master potter does a work in our lives. Go back to Jeremiah chapter 18. You know, he was told to go down. Then I went down to the potter's house. I behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. There's nothing like watching somebody do something that knows what they're doing. <laughs> you know, if you're going to watch somebody make pottery, it'd be good that they're a master potter and just watch them do it. Then somebody flip it off the wheel and, and have something going like this or whatever. No, he, he went down and he watched the master potter. We can watch God work in our lives. I could say, God, you did that. Because I obeyed and yielded to your commands, I'm watching you work in my life this year, in 2016. But we must obey. A lot of things happen in our lives all during the year. But remember this, the potter is in complete control of every outside influence on the clay. The potter is the one in control of every influence on your life. He allows it sometimes to draw you closer to Him. So everything that comes into your life, you simply need to yield. God's allowed this in my life. As long as you haven't, you know, it's not the fruits and the results of sin in your life. But if you're just walking with God and you say, why is this happening? Yield. Don't push back against His hands. Let the potter be in complete control as He is with all the forces that come into your life. But every, all the outside situations that happen in your life, just yield. Whatever pressure you feel in situations, let it be because God is doing the pressing. Let it be that God's doing a work. He's allowing it for some reason in my life, in your life. And guess what? He's doing it for good. He's trying to form us into His Son, Jesus Christ, who was completely yielded and completely obeyed His Father's will all the time, every time. And that's what He wants for us. Just remember that the potter's in complete control as you feel the pressure in your life. And things happen that you don't like. But you say, Lord, I'm going to yield to the pressure that I'm feeling right now because for I can't understand it. I don't know why this is happening. So I'm going to yield to your to you allowing this in my life for a reason. There must be a reason. Because God only does, does things perfectly. He's the master potter. And watch Him work in your life. This in 2016. If you want an expected end. In verse 4. Verse 4 says this, And the vessel that He made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So He made it again another vessel. As seemed good to the potter to make it as seemed good to the potter. God will do what He wants to do. He is absolutely sovereign and wants to do what He wants to do in your life. And when He starts making something, He wants to make it His way. He wants to do it His way. And by the way, this is not your life anymore. This is not my life anymore. I don't own it. I have no real uh, control over it. God should have complete control of my life. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, For ye were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and spirit, which are God's. So, I don't own this body. This is His body. This is His life. This is His soul. He bought it. He paid for it. 
And when he wants to do something in it, he can do it because he's the potter. As it seemed good to the potter to make it. You know, the vessel was marred. You remember when you were a marred vessel? You remember when you were ruined? You remember when you were unsaved? And God took you and made you into something beautiful? He saved your soul? Or you got into sin even as a Christian? And God began to work again in your life? He forgave you? And He started to work in your life? He did, he did that for His glory and His honor? You remember when you were ruined? Do you remember when you were worthless clay that no, should have been thrown in the heap? But He took it and threw it on His wheel and began to work in your life? I hope you remember that. Remember that you were ruined. You were marred. And God began to work in your life. God saved us. And He's making a new vessel. The potter throws down the clay in the center of the wheel, doesn't he? He doesn't throw it on the side. He throws it right in the center of the wheel. So that He's doing all the moving and the, and the forming and the shaping in your, in your life. And that's the center of His will. So if I'm in the center of God's will, then I know that whatever comes into my life, whatever pressures, wherever God pushes and pulls and, and shapes me, that's, that's God working His will out in my life. Really, we want His will to be our will. Whatever God wants from my life. But the clay is going to have to yield. To yield means to give in. To relent. To soften. To give way. You're going to have to yield to God this year if you want an expected end from God. There can be stones in the clay. Sin gets into our life. When the potter feels a stone, he wants to pluck it out. He wants it out. can't have a stone in the clay. You can't form it right. Let God pluck that out. God will remove sin and the hardness that comes from sin. The clay doesn't want to get harder. It needs to get softer. So don't resist him. The potter works the clay by pushing and pressing and exerting force. It's going to happen to you this year. There's going to be pressure and forces exerted on you and things happen that you don't like. And it would be nice to know that I'm walking with God. I, I believe I'm doing what God wants me to do. So he's allowed this in my life. The potter's doing something in my life. And I want to let him, I'm not going to resist him. I'm going to yield to the potter. And then he turns up the heat when he fires that that uh, vase or whatever the potter's making, you know, that, that vessel, he turns up the heat and makes a beautiful vessel. God's going to allow the heat to be turned up in your life maybe this year. Just know that he's just trying to make something beautiful out of you. He's just trying to make a, a vessel fit for his honor. All for our good and his glory. It's an expected end. I know what's going to happen if I just yield and obey the potter and trust him. You know, verse 5, verse 5 just says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, I thought about that. And God's getting ready to help Jeremiah understand what his illustration is all about. And you know, God does that for us. God will give you understanding. God will give you a clear picture. God's not going to leave you wandering around. If you read your Bible and you earnestly want to walk with God, do you think He's going to leave you in some kind of cloud and fog and not tell you exactly and show you exactly what He wants you to do? Of course He will. 
And he's getting ready to show Jeremiah exactly what he means by taking him down to the potter's house. The word of the Lord came to me saying, you know, many Christians think because they don't understand everything that they're not growing in their Bible, their Bible knowledge. They think that they're stagnant. But that's not true. Because most Christians, if you read your Bible, you know, we're all at different levels here. Some people have been saved for a long, long time. And, but that doesn't mean that they're Bible students. But you can see some people, you know, they're in their Bible and they seem to understand a lot of things about the Bible. That's good. But if you've been saved for a couple of years, and you don't have to, you can't jump ahead. You've got to take these steps in order to grow. So when the Word of the Lord comes to you to go, I don't know what that means. Like you had said, I don't know what that means. You'll find out what it means. And then you can help somebody else at some other time. But many Christians just throw up their hands and they say, Ah, forget it, I'm not reading my Bible. But that's not true. God, you are better off than you were a year ago. And I bet you if I asked you questions, you would be able to answer things that... I didn't realize I learned that. Yes, you did. You learned a lot more than you think you learned. If you do your part and read your Bible, I guarantee you, God will make a clear picture out of it. God will begin to show you. And you show up for Wednesday. And you show up for Sunday nights and Sunday mornings. And you're in church and you're walking with God. God's not going to leave you out in the fog. He's not going to leave you in a, in a cloud not knowing what He's trying to do in your life. He'll show you. He'll make a clear picture out of it. And then finally in, in verse 6, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter? Can't I do the same thing with you? Saith the Lord, Behold, as the day, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in mine hand, O house of Israel. That's, that's comforting to know that I'm in God's hands. I mean, my whole life is in God's hands. And it would be a whole lot better for me if I yielded to Him working in my life and let Him mold me and shape me and, and, and direct my life. Wouldn't it be better for us to be used of God as His vessel on His terms than set aside, unfit for use? You know, the potter can just throw the clay away. You don't want to walk with God and you want to constantly stay in sin. I'm not saying you're unsaved. You could be saved. But God's going to throw the clay aside. He takes the branches that have no fruit and He prunes them. He chips them off. and Hey, they're cast as though somebody would cast them into a fire. There is a point where God doesn't put up with it anymore. He says, you know, you're, you're ruining your testimony and you're ruining the honor of God. I'm just going to put you aside. God, He can do that. <laughs> because he has power over the clay. Even over the hardest clay. Let me show you in uh, Exodus. Exodus chapter 5. Exodus chapter 5. And verse 2. You know, for a while I always thought, how does God, you know, God harden Pharaoh's heart? God hardened Pharaoh's heart. I thought, God, you hardened his heart. So I read my Bible and realized that Pharaoh's heart, God was only hardening what was already in there. You see? Pharaoh's heart was hard. God just revealed it. But in, in, in Exodus 5 and in verse 2, And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? That's a hard heart. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. God just hardened that. 
He revealed that and showed that. Chapter 8, verse 15. Chapter 8 and verse 15. But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart. He hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. He hardened his heart. God just showed us how hard Pharaoh's heart was. But he said, I can even use a hard-hearted Pharaoh to accomplish my will. In chapter 14, look what it says. Chapter 14. And in verse 3, For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness hath shut them in. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh. I will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. God got honor out of a hard-hearted Pharaoh. God can get honor out of you, too. Even a hard-hearted Christian. God's not going to be let down. God knows how to honor Himself. God will get honor. He is. He does have power over the clay. You can only snub your nose at, at God for so long. God will get honor. Even over the hardest clay. The Lord exerts pressure on us to conform us to the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. So when the pressure comes this year, ask yourself, why why is this happening in my life? Why am I going through this? And by the way, the image isn't on the outside. It starts in the heart. He's trying to conform us to be like Jesus in our heart. Like Jesus was in His heart. We must not push back or harden ourselves. Because God's work is not always pleasant, but it is necessary. And there's not a one person in here that didn't go through something this year. Maybe you're in it right now. Tough decisions. The way seems rough. I don't really know what I'm going to do about it yet. I have no control of the situation. And if you're not going through it or been through it, you will this year. Because that's life. That's just life. That's just the way it is. So God allows this stuff in our life. And and, uh, sometimes you would be surprised how many things He's put a hedge up and and never got in, you know? How many times He's protected us from something because we couldn't bear up under the pressure. He's a good God. God's work is, it's not always pleasant, but it is necessary. Hebrews 3.13 says that deceitfulness of sin, how it hardens the heart. There's one thing I just want to do. I want to sin less this year. I don't want to sin like I did last year. You're sinners too, by the way. You, you ought to want to sin less than you did last year. I don't want to sin less. There's a Bible verse I learned as a young Christian, and it popped out of me as I was putting the message on the paper, and it's Ecclesiastes 10.1. And some of you may know it. But it says, Dead flies... Cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth a little folly him who is in reputation for wisdom and honor. I thought that's a, that's a big, long uh, verse, and I don't even know what it really means, you know, but I learned it, and I know what it means now. Because I was just talking on Wednesday night about how Mary, or the Wednesday before, how Mary took her spike yard and she opened it and she anointed Jesus' feet. 
And then she took her hair and she, she rubbed it all over his feet. And I could just imagine as Mary walked around the room and her hair was blowing and how that, that odor and that, of that ointment just wafted around the room. And Jesus was so pleased with her worship. But imagine if Mary opened up the spikenard and there was dead flies in it. That's sin. That's what sin is in the life of those who are in reputation for wisdom and honor. God wants to put his wisdom in your heart and he wants to honor you so that he gets glory out of these Christians right here. But dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. Every time we sin, and I want to sin less this year, so I don't send forth as much stinking savor into the nostrils of my Savior. The Lord removes those stones in our life out of the clay and He chips away as we yield to Him. If you want to keep pushing against Him, go right ahead. But I've decided I'm going to let Him prune me. And take the, take the sucker branches off and the things that haven't produced any fruit in my life. Just get them, get them away from me, Lord. Prune them off. And He places us in the center of His will. And I, our desire should be to stay right there. One more scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. He's trying to make a vessel fit for service. He's trying to form us into a vessel, as the potter does, that can be used for something of honor. 2 Timothy 2.20 says, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. And if a man, if a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified in meat for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Some vessels are honorable. Some vessels are dishonorable. You don't give your wife roses and she puts them in a bucket. She puts them in a vase. It's like a vessel of honor. That's what, that's what roses should go in, a vessel of honor, a vase or a fine china. But it's not a bucket or a basin you wash the car with. That's not a vessel of honor. God's trying to work in our lives to make us a vessel fit for service. A vessel of honor. He wants to make something beautiful. He's forming a masterpiece, as the song goes. It's Jesus Christ formed in you. He's the master potter. So this new year, make a decision to yield and obey the potter. Fit for his service. And I guarantee you, let him give you an expected end. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the, for the Bible, for this, this few verses there in Jeremiah where you took him down to the potter's house and you, you showed me something, Lord, and I've renewed my, just that I want to I walk with you this year. I want to sin less. I want to do your will. I want to be fruitful and uh, for no other reason than to just be right with God. And uh, Lord, I pray the same thing for everyone that's here that wants to walk with God, wants to be a vessel fit for service, Lord, that they would yield and obey, be in their Bible, hear from God, and uh, Lord, that you would use them. That uh, No matter where we are and what we're doing, uh, it'll always be uh, to redound to the glory of God. 
You want to see people get saved this year. More people saved. The world is turned upside down, God, but you haven't stopped being God. You're still on your throne and you still want to see people saved. For your son's sake, I pray that we would just get our hearts right with God and uh, be a vessel of honor. Yielded and obeyed, yielded and obeying you, Lord, and that we can have that expected end. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.